Blog Talk Radio. night, and that means it's time for another awesomely exciting episode of Stunt Tracks with yours truly, Uncle Jim, and the one and only Leslie Hoffman. How you doing tonight, Leslie? Oh, I'm doing okay. Uh, we had our first snowfall. Um, it it has melted away, but but uh, now it's it's snowing up here now. Or, or at least we're into that season. <laughs> well, we were supposed to get some snow down here, too. They're saying three to six inches, so we'll have to wait and see. Maybe it'll miss us and I'll go to Saranac Lake. Oops. <laughs> uh, anyway. I'm having a little trouble Halloween? with the phone. It, it... Did you have a good Halloween? Um, okay, I heard you say, uh, I mean, uh, because of where I live, we're, we're quarantined, so, so, um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there wasn't much to do for Halloween here. <laughs> no, we only uh, got, I, well, we got, I, I guess I... I guess I should say is that uh I was invited uh by by this group uh to watch Nightmare on Elm Street on Zoom with uh other fans and that was kinda interesting. It was something I've never done in the past and and like I say it was kinda interesting to do that. Um and and actually, <laughs> I didn't know whether I should be quiet while the movie was on, but but actually it turned out that they sort of wanted uh, commentary during the movie. Oh, okay. So did you comment? Yeah, Well, I, when I, when I, when I, 
when I saw the movie originally, t- to me, I just assumed that Freddie was dragging her body down the road, down the hallway, and we just couldn't see him because we're not dreaming. That's the way I watched it. Oh, um, I guess, I guess, uh, you know, everyone comes up with with the reason. I mean, maybe because I was on the set <laughs> and and. Uh, that that's that's kind of an interesting thought, but uh, it it was never said on the set today that we weren't. <laughs> so, Leslie, what was it like? Did Nightmare on Elm Street hold up for you after all these years? Was it still a, a good movie, or did it come off as kind of cheesy and 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 not as modern as some of the new horror movies? I technically I I think the movie holds up after all these years. I mean, uh yeah, I mean if you were going to get really technical, hairstyles have changed. Um I mean, one thing that I notice is that uh uh they had princess phones on on the set, you know, that Nancy was calling on in you know, people don't princess phones don't exist anymore. Yeah, I don't. I think mean, they you know, do. we have no. cell phones. Whoops, what was that? Yeah, I don't think they do. Yeah, so so you know, I mean, if well, I didn't, I did not see the remake, but but okay, so if you were to bring it up to twenty twenty. Uh, Nancy would have been calling people on a cell phone as opposed to on a princess phone, on a on a hard wire to the wall kind of phone. You know, right. I mean, you, you you could you could start picking things apart, but but again, on the whole, I think you know if you say if you say or you understand that this movie was made in 1984. Um, you know, it's uh, nowhere in the movie is it try. Uh, do you hear a line? This is a modern, you know, horror story, or that this happened yesterday, or anything like that. I mean, you just got to take it as as a film that was made in 1984, and and that's the way things were. Yeah, absolutely. Um, personally. I think it holds up really well. I think it's it's a it's a really solid addition to horror movies. And Robert England, he's a classic, absolute top notch classic actor. And oh, yeah. Wes no, Craven, I mean, the it, late Wes it, Craven, you know, he it, directed it. Still, and he was. <laughs> it's it's still. To me, it's still a scary movie to watch. It was kind of funny. Um, they had a screening for cast and crew uh, that I went to, and I <laughs> I didn't realize how much blood was used in the movie. I mean, like, uh, you know, when he goes through into the bed and then all the blood comes, you know, like gallons and gallons of blood come out of the bed. Uh that was done actually the bed was upside down and and they just poured um the blood, you know, from the ceiling to the floor. That that's how they got that effect. And that was a lot of blood to come out of that one kid though, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, what what is it that the human being only has I forget uh, eight gallons, six gallons of blood, or something. That that was a lot more than six or eight gallons of blood. <laughs> and and of but, course, but the it, kid that gets sucked into the bed and has a hundred thousand gallons of blood is none other than Captain Jack Sparrow himself, Johnny Depp. One of his, okay. I think it was his first movie, wasn't it? I think. Um, whoop, whoop, I got to wait. Um, yes, okay. 
let me the the technicality of this is he had already done 24 Jump Street, so he had done a television show. Um, actually, a friend of his was auditioning for Nightmare on Elm Street, and Johnny Depp just went along with his friend. He was he, an agent or nobody had called him to audition for this movie. He just went with his friend to the audition. And I, I don't know whose daughter it was, but but the story I've always heard was the the daughter happened to be at the audition. She takes one look at Johnny Depp and and she like this I guess I guess if if a well I don't even know how old she was but obviously, if this girl is, you know, drooling over Johnny Depp, and and he's available to work, I mean, hopefully all the other girls are going to be drooling all over Johnny Depp. <laughs> but well, yeah, they better no, not invite me to. Uh, they better not invite me to any of these things because I they they couldn't pay me enough. They'd be drooling all over me. <laughs> <laughs> But but yes, this was actually his first first feature film, even though he had already done television. But this was his first feature film. Now I know we have talked about this in the past, but um, for our listeners at Odyssey Radio who have never heard this before, this is all new to them. And in honor of Halloween, we're talking about horror movies so let's just talk about freddy and nightmare on elm street and what was it like to wear the glove and the sweater and work with wes craven let's start with that um that's interesting because people have asked that question before and what I have to say is this was the first movie and extremely low budget. So it isn't like uh, when I started working on uh, Star Trek, which, you know, Star Trek existed in the 60s. I worked on Deep Space Nine and Voyager. I mean, so going on to the Star Trek set, I knew about Star Trek. Going on to the Nightmare on Elm Street set in 1984, being the the original movie, the the character of Freddy had not been created yet, technically. I mean, this is the movie that that Robert Englund established the character of uh, Freddy Krueger. So, you know, when you say, what is it like to to wear the sweater or the gloves, I mean, I could look back at it now after this has become, I guess, I guess you got to call this a franchise also. After this, after all the sequels after, after this, it, it, it is pretty amazing that I got to wear the glove and that I got to wear the sweater. Um it um and and even when they did the remake and I don't know what year that was they didn't have the hall manager in there or the hall guard so I've been the only person that's been the hall guard but when you wore when you when you were in Nightmare on Elm Street you act you wore the original glove the very first glove and you wore the original sweater as well, Correct. right? right. This, and then we had and what? Then we had two gloves at the time, I think, right? That I don't know. I there, there are a lot of different stories um, that the sweater disappeared. I don't know if there were more than. Well, I have a feeling that there was more than one sweater, but but you know, I guess. 
they figured they were going to make this horror film and that was going to be it. But it was such an ex- success. They made a sequel and um, the wardrobe was gone. And so when they went to look for more sweaters, uh, they couldn't. This is the the big trivia question of Nightmare on Elm Street. Is the sweater that Robert Englund and I wear in the original Nightmare on Elm Street, the sleeves are solid red. They do not have green stripes on them, uh, which, is, which is a funny story because I was showing a, a screen capture picture to to a stunt man and and he said well where where did you you know make this mock up of of you being on Nightmare on Elm Street I go what are you talking about this is this is from Nightmare on Elm Street he goes no it's not I said yes it is why do you think that that I I don't know even know what to call it that I created or face this picture. He goes, because there are no stripes on the sleeves. So after he said that, I I went home and I watched the movie, and sure enough, the original Nightmare on Elm Street, our sweaters do not have stripes on the sleeves. It only only after that, when when they had to buy new wardrobe. They only could find sweaters with stripes on the sleeves as well. But uh, like I say, going back to wearing the gloves, wearing the sweater, I mean, it again, the day that I worked it, 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 it was a job on a low-budget horror film. I mean, that, that was it. But now... Uh, whatever, 35-plus years later, um, again, I'll compare it to Star Trek. I mean, it's like, what an honor to be part of of such a, a, you know, memorable horror film. I mean, you say uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Halloween. Uh, you could say Leatherface. I mean, um it, you know, I mean, uh, well, people who enjoy horror will will recognize those movie names. So, so, um, I, well, it's kind of funny when people say, learn that I was a stunt woman or I was in the entertainment industry, um, and I and I'll say to them, you've probably seen me, but you didn't realize that you saw me. Um, they say, well, what shows were you in? And I go, well, do you like horror or do you like comedy? And you know, if they say horror, then I'll talk about Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, comedy, I'll I'll talk about na- Naked Gun going down the bank table with my legs up in the air. You know, but well, and then like I say, I mentioned Star Trek, and um, I mean, I, I guess it, it's interesting <laughs> as you get older and new shows come into being. Uh, there are people that have never heard of Remington Steel. I mean, that that was that was a top show when it was on. Um, I think. Um, you know, well, I, I think people will, will still remember Fantasy Island and Love Boat and things like that. But but it's amazing that you can name, uh, you know, shows and they'll go, oh, I never saw that. You know, I didn't watch that. <laughs> well, I think Nightmare on Elm Street is a classic. A, a total. I mean, we just we just watched it a couple of days ago. In fact, uh, when you and I were on our last podcast, Karen and Jamie were watching Nightmare on Elm Street while you and I were on um, doing the podcast. And you know, Jane, that's when Karen asked me, you know, does Leslie ever watch Nightmare on Elm Street, <laughs> seeing that she was in it? And that's when I asked you that question 
because we were watching it as we were doing this show. And, you know, it's, it's, it's strange when I see your name come up in the credit. What you're watching oh, the yeah. movie well, and it says, <laughs> it says hall monitor, Leslie Hoffman yeah, right there on I the mean, screen. Yeah. Well, in fact, um, I mean, that's that's the kind of guy Wes Craven was, is that uh, stunt people, well, nowadays, credits are a lot longer, and and they will put down stunt people's names, but, but 70s, 80s, 90s, um, you know, they you'd be lucky if you got listed even under stunts or that they even gave... Uh, credit to stunt people. Wes, Nightmare on Elm Street is the only movie that uh, says Leslie Hoffman, Hall Guard, you know, it gives the cast first, and then it's, it keeps scrolling, and it and then it has stunts, and it says Leslie Hoffman under stunts. So I, my name is in the credits twice. I mean, usually, usually, you never see my name in the credits. And here, Nightmare on Elm Street, Wes, Wes put my name in there twice. Is your name in the credits? Because I, I have to make, i got to confess something. I really don't watch and read credits. Um, I, I, I don't, especially today. <laughs> The credits can be as long as the movie. I mean, you, you, you know, you could, you could sit there for 12 minutes watching credits, so I usually don't. Oh, but in yeah. Nightmare on oh. Elm Street, your name pops yeah. up on Nightmare on Elm Street, like right right in the, with the main credits. You got Robert, Robert Englund and, and uh, John Saxon and all the rest of them. And then the very next card that comes up, it says, well, Hoffman, but I noticed it, but... Is your name is your name in the credits for Star Trek though? No, that's that's what I'm saying is well, especially television. Um, they they will list Dennis Madalone as stunt coordinator, but they will never list uh, what stunt people worked on an episode. It costs money. Again, everything is money. It costs money to to make credits. So so um if you were to watch the credits at the end of uh Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, the credits are absolutely the same. Um Trying to, th- I'd have to look at the credits. You know, at the beginning of the show, it might say who the guest stars are, but if you watch the end credits, they're absolutely the same. They do not change them because it would cost them money to do that. Well, that's that's understandable. In a movie, they have, you know, they're not constrained by time like they are on a TV show. But listen, guys. For our listeners at Odyssey Radio, we have to take a very quick commercial break. So don't touch that dial. Don't go away because Uncle Jim and the Leslie Hoffman will be back after this quick and painless commercial break. And when we come back, um, I'm going to talk with Leslie a little bit about what it was like to work with Wes Craven, the legend. He's done so many great movies and affected so many people's childhood with with his movies. And Leslie had the opportunity to work with him not once, not twice, but three times. So we're going to talk with Leslie about that a little bit when we come back. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this very quick commercial break. Trek Talking. All things Star Trek and beyond. Thursday night, 7.30 to 9.30, all hailing frequencies are open. iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Trek Talking, boldly going wherever your mind is willing to go. And we're back with the Leslie Hoffman. 
So, Leslie, what was it like working with Wes Craven? Wes Craven, to me, was probably the nicest director that I ever worked for. I actually worked on three of his films, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Deadly Friend, and Scream 2. And and he never changed from movie to movie. I, 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 I don't know what year Scream 2 was done, but he was he was always the a gentleman. I mean, you know, hello, how are you doing? Uh thank you for working on my film. Um that was, you know, then you do the stunt. That was really great. You know, thank you so much. That was wonderful. Um like I say, my my favorite thing was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street when he, uh, you know, I because I was hired as a stunt woman and told, you know, and then and then I was told to say the lines. I don't have an original script. I wish I did, but I but I don't. Um, you know, so so you know, Wes came up to me and said. Um, okay, she's gonna run into you, you fall down and and you you know, you say, Where's your pass? And and that's just me saying, you know, Where's your pass? <laughs> then then we got to the other scene, we got to the uh, other hallway and I I almost wanna say that he that he was going to cry. I mean, he he looked so sad when he came up to me, and and he goes, Leslie, I'm, I just want to let you know that I need you to say this line, but I'm telling you right now, your voice is not going to be in the movie. I. You know, I need you to say the line so the actor can dub in the line. You know, so that your mouth is moving, and then and then he'll just dub in your saying. But I mean, he, he was so apologetic, and and I guess maybe maybe to an actress that that would have been devastating. I don't know to a stunt person to tell a stunt person that. <laughs> You know, your voice isn't going to be heard in a movie. It's like, and what else is new? <laughs> well, no, you know what, was... we, we are going to give our fans at Odyssey Radio a special treat because I have here the actual clip from the original Nightmare on Elm Street starring the one and only Leslie Hoffman as the hall monitor. So let's give it a listen. I did really say it. 
Why is there blood uh, on your face? Is that like, did you cut yourself shaving or something? (laughs) (laughs) That's the other thing that always comes up is that when Nancy knocks me down, I have just a little blood trickling out of my nose. Now, I could see that because we bumped into each other and I fell to the floor. Maybe I could have had a nosebleed for that reason. But but the hallway scene with the blood <laughs> the blood on my trickling on my face i i really wish someone <laughs> well there's no one left who could explain that to me i have no idea what that <laughs> why i had scratches of, of blood on on my face and you know if anything it almost reminds me of johnny depp in edward scissorhand <laughs> <laughs> you know that that <laughs> yep. you scratch yourself or something like that, and you cut yourself. Now, I I have absolutely no reason why why they decided to trickle blood down my face. Um, I guess they thought it looked creepy, so they did it. I mean, the other thing is, I always I have always loved long hair. I've I. Uh, very rarely have I cut my hair short, and <laughs> which which has made a lot of hairdressers very angry because, you know, if they have to put a wig on you, they have to somehow pin up your hair or do something to be able to put a wig cap and wig on you. But, again, this is a low-budget um, film. I walked on the set with, with hair that that's halfway down my back. The hairdresser looked at me and immediately decided to put my my hair in in those two ponytails. So uh you know, that that's again that that isn't scripted or anything. It was you know, they took one look at me and they wanted to make me look um I don't know what they wanted to make me look like, but but they just decided that the double ponytail <laughs> was just a great look. But that is my well. Hair. If you think about it, though, uh, the backstory of Freddy Krueger—he was a child molester, and the little girl yeah. that's twirling the jump rope around ha- has blonde hair and a double ponytail. So maybe they just wanted to make you resemble her because she was one of his victims. Maybe that's the way I always looked at it. Uh, yeah, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> I, all I know was was as opposed to just leaving my hair, you know, either wigging me or 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 just letting my hair loose. They just they just absolutely loved the idea of these two ponytails coming out of either side of my head and uh well it's kind of it's interesting cuz there are a few people that uh do actually cause I'm ho- I hope I'm saying this right cosplays me as the hall monitor and and they'll put their hair up in the two the double ponytails so, so that's an honor. Yeah, I, no one cosplays me, Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, you look familiar. <laughs> oh, I, I know what I wanted I to talk about. Cause, so, I don't what, see Uncle Jim cosplayers uh, at convention. <laughs> At a horror convention years later, because Robert Englund was actually in New York City at the time we were filming my scene or or doing a lot of the movie. You know, I guess he had finished his stuff, and he's in New York City. And so when he dubbed in his voice into my mouth, whatever you want to call it, or the piece of film, he says he remembers that that they had rented this like this uh, well I don't know what, <laughs> believe me it wasn't a high tech uh sound studio that they went to he says i remember being in this you know room and and the um 
the the earpieces that he was wearing uh you know the, uh, nowadays they're made out of metal or plastic or something he said it was it was like these old leather uh head head pieces you know he he, he i guess he remembers it because it was so odd i mean you know they they just don't make you know, it's an antique that they put on him. <laughs> but but he remembers the day that that he dubbed in, you know, my line. But but we didn't well, see each other until years later. When when you go to horror conventions and you see him, does he remember who you are? Yes, actually, actually uh Another amazing person is Robert Englund. I mean, um, he remembers who I am now. I mean, of course, we had to meet each other at a horror convention for the first time. But uh, I would say that he's probably one of the friendlier um, celebrities at at horror conventions. I mean... He'll he'll stick around and sign photos even though uh he could just as easily say, I'm done, I'm leaving I mean and and he'll he'll talk to the fans. I mean he's he's amazingly wonderful. Um if I understand, you know, like uh well I guess I better not mention names where where people will charge like a hundred dollars for an autograph uh photograph or picture uh it's my understanding that that he's very reasonable on how much he charges for an autograph why was wasn't he at the or am i I'm trying to remember if he was at the one that that you and I met at, or or was that yeah, a different? He, he, <laughs> no, he was sitting at the table right next to you, actually. Uh, that's what I thought. Yeah, no, I mean, wasn't he nice? And yes, I got to say, um, we went down to Rhode Island to meet him, and we waited online for over three hours. And um, I, I had just torn my Achilles. I couldn't stand any longer. I couldn't do it. So we had to get off the line. And Karen was so upset that we didn't get to meet him. And then he came to Albany. And we were, we were like third on the line to meet him. And I was on the line talking with one of the fans about an old TV show from the 80s called V. You remember that one? V for Visitors? Maybe I vaguely remember that. Wasn't it like a? Uh, I almost. I don't they know what to compare people. it to. Didn't didn't he do like in, introductions to something, or to? Yeah, he was. Or, or am I getting that mixed the, up? No, he was one of the lizard people, but he was a good guy, and we were talking on the line about that. And everyone else had their Freddy gloves and was dressed as Freddy. And I was talking about this little sci-fi TV show that came and went in the 80s, one season, and it was done. And we were talking about that. And he heard us on the line. And when Karen and I got up to the table to meet him, Karen had him sign a Nightmare on Elm Street poster, of course. But while he was signing the poster for Karen, he started talking to me about V. And he said he loves to talk about V, and most people want to talk about Nightmare. And he was, oh, for about 10 minutes, he was telling me stories about working on V. And he was such a great, and not only that, we asked him if we could take a picture of him signing Karen's poster, and he gave us the Freddy look in the whole nine yards. And he shook our hand, and he thanked us for coming. And he was so friendly and so nice and so cordial. I, I, I'm just blown away by how awesome he was. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, not saying names, is that I know of certain people that are paid money to to be there for three days, and 
like Sunday usually is the slowest day and and I know that this person has packed up and left hours in advance because because they just don't want to stick around and that's that's I'm sorry if it wasn't for Nightmare on Elm Street if it wasn't for the fans we wouldn't be sitting at these conventions and talking to people I mean guests have no right to 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 just walk away because because I'm so wonderful or something like that. I mean, that's sort of what I'm trying to say about Robert Anglin is that uh I mean, he he understands that without the fans, there'd be no Freddy Krueger. I mean, if if no one liked Nightmare on Elm Street, they'd wouldn't have made all the sequels. And he understands that and he's grateful. He 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 is such. If, if anybody listening ever has an opportunity to meet him, I highly recommend it because he is such a great guy and he's so compassionate and caring. He's not fake when you when you talk to him. It's an experience. And then we went for the first time. I never went to photo ops before, and Karen just wanted to meet Freddie and get a photo op with. Robert. So we bought tickets and we went down to get the photo op and it was so much fun doing the photo op with him. He had the glove and uh, if you guys have gone to our Facebook page, you'll see the picture of uh, me and my wife Karen and my daughter Jamie and uh, my wife Karen is in the front and Freddie has or Robert has the glove uh, the hook, the uh, glove on Karen's neck. Jamie's between uh, his next. Then you got Robert and I'm behind him. And we all lean backwards, look at the camera, and scream, and he flexes the claw in my wife's neck. And it was so much fun, and it was so great. And I love it. It's one of my favorite pictures. Um, Yeah, and that's the way way conventions and convention guests should be. I guess guess I'm making a hint hint, hint there. But to to get back to your question, as a fan who goes to conventions and pays for autographs and pictures at these conventions, I'm going to say right now, I don't know if I'm breaking the law or whatever, but when we saw Robert in Albany, what, two years ago, was it? Or three? Boy, I think it's getting to be three now. Three, yeah, three years ago, because COVID killed everything for a whole year. Right, I mean, yeah, I 2020 is a total loss, so, so I wouldn't be surprised if we aren't talking about 2018. Yeah, it was a while ago, but even with inflation, it, it, we only paid $60 autograph, and we had him sign a poster. He signed it to Karen. Sweet Dreams, Robert Englund. We got it hanging on our wall right next to our Leslie Hoffman is the hall monitor picture. And then we went down to the photo op, and we got the photo op and the autograph both for a hundred bucks. Now, you might be saying that sounds like a lot of money, but if you go to these conventions a lot, that isn't a lot of money, really. Um, to put that in perspective, Robert Patrick who played uh, the Terminator in T2, and he was on uh, the X-Files, and he's been in a lot of other stuff. We went to see him in Albany last year, and he was charging $50 for an autograph. And he's no Robert Englund. I'm not knocking him. He was a great guy and all. But um, for Robert Englund to charge 60 and Robert Patrick to charge 50 there's really no comparison. Robert England's a legend. I'm not again not knocking Robert Patrick, but I'm just using that as in a comparison. Anyway, um, yeah. I think the price is reasonable. Very reasonable. It is. But I mean before... I I've I've seen fans complain about this, but uh, uh I I I don't know. I, I, it's it's a once in a lifetime. I wish I I wish I had 
Like I say, I wish I had an original script. I wish I had Wes Craven sign it. That's never going to happen now. I mean... Nope. 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 And also, way, way, way back in the day when we used to go to Star Trek conventions, and I ran a couple of them here in Albany, when you paid Marina Sirtis or Michael Dorn to come to the convention, I paid them the, the, the whatever thousands of dollars they wanted, and they signed autographs for the fans for free because I paid for the autographs. It's not like that anymore. Um, so, you know, when you go to a convention, you have to pay for the autographs now. You pay to get in at the door, but then you have to pay for everything else once you get there. It wasn't like that back in the 80s. It was different. It, from from what I understand, uh, when conventions first were happening, the people running the conventions were paying the guest stars. I mean, this is I'm I'm talking about like my first Star Trek convention that I went to as a fan in. Uh, 72, I believe, 72 or 73. Back then, I think the people that ran the conventions um, paid the the guest signers a lot of money to be there as a guest signer. So that's why the photos were free. Now, now, um, uh, conventions are not paying as much as they used to and and now um the celebrities are are charging for their pictures i i mean yeah that's this, the way it is this is only my opinion i i since you've run a convention i've never run a convention i i don't know the progression of you know, from the first convention to to what conventions are nowadays. Well, for instance, I wanted to have Marina Sirtis. You got to call the agent. The agent throws a number at you, twelve thousand dollars, and then you either agree or you don't. On top of the twelve thousand dollars, though, you would think twelve thousand dollars would be enough to show up for one day, but you would be wrong because then you have your the airfare, you have the hotel, you have the limousine, you have the truffles, you have the Perrier water or whatever it is that they want. And by the time you get done, that $12,000 is like is over $15,000 for one day. And you, you fly them in on a Friday, lands oh. in Albany, does the convention on Saturday, flies out either Saturday night or Saturday morning, and she's done $15,000 later, and you hope you recoup your money at the door. And that's, that's the way it used to be. I don't know how they are now. But at any rate, we're running out of time here, Leslie. Um, we got just about five minutes left, believe it or not. And uh, what's the um, – five what? So before before we leave, we were talking about horror movies. I just wanted to ask you one more quick question before we we cut loose here. Uh, what was it like to work with Wes Craven on Scream Two? Um, okay. <laughs> Actually, I, I enjoyed that that movie. I I was doubling Laurie Metcalf, who. People probably know her more as Roseanne Barr's sister, but um, well, I guess she was the mother in Scream. Um, <laughs> it was a crazy day. Uh, it, it's a scene on the stage, and and Nev Campbell hits uh, Laurie with with a beer bottle. And they're getting into a fight, and then um, she she's on the stage, and Nev Campbell takes an axe, and she starts cutting all the uh, stage ropes. So, so um, light bars 
are falling, pillars are falling. I'm climbing up a a, a, a wall which gives way, and I fall underneath that. And I mean, um, it, it 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 was actually it was a fun day to work. And again, I mean, uh, I I didn't I didn't look it up how many years difference it is between the original Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream Two, and I don't think Wes changed at all. He was still a humble director, and can you do this? And I need you to do that. And and then after I did all this, you know, he came up to me and thanked me, but it. <laughs> It's it's a great scene. It, it, I mean, <laughs> talk about trying to get or trying to kill somebody. Well, that's what she was trying to do. Like I say, the whole stage is falling apart on top of me. <laughs> well, we uh, we we are out of time, unfortunately. The, we didn't even talk about Planet of the Apes. Wow. Yeah, boy, we didn't even get into the other horror movies. Well, we can no, save we, that we till didn't. Uh, Halloween 2021, and hopefully we won't have to talk about the COVID virus anymore. <laughs> hopefully that'll be over. So, uh, you know, welcome to Odyssey Radio. Um, we've been doing this podcast for, for a while now, but this will be our first one on Odyssey Radio, so... I want to give a big shout-out to all the listeners at Odyssey Radio, and I want to let you guys know that you can bop on over to Facebook and go to the Leslie Hoffman Appreciation Organization Facebook page, and you can say hello to Leslie, and you can get autographed pictures of Leslie there. You can make uh, requests for shows, topics you'd like to hear us talk about on this podcast, and we are live every Sunday night, and you can call 646 646- Six six eight two four three three, and you can ask Leslie a question live on the air. So keep that in mind. And with that, I want to say thank you very much to the one and only Leslie Hoffman for hanging out with us. We couldn't do the show without you. So thank you so much for talking with me tonight, Leslie. Oh, it's it's a pleasure as always. And we will be back next Sunday. Same bat time, same bat channel. Don't know what we're going to talk about, but it's always fun. You can always find out what our schedule is by visiting the Leslie Hoffman Appreciation Organization Facebook page. As soon as Leslie and I come up with a show topic, I get it posted over there so you guys know what we're going to talk about. I'm your Uncle Jim. I hope you are all safe and you're all good to each other and you all had a great and happy Halloween. And I will talk to you all again next week. Good night, everybody. Bye. Let's see what's out there. Engage.